0: Welcome to Torn, finding a mom-life balance. On this bi-weekly podcast, we're your hosts, Athena, Mama T, and
1: Meme. And here on this podcast, we'll find ways to cope with motherhood, laugh our woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt, all in the hopes of helping us all feel a little less torn.
0: Welcome back to Torn. And today we have a special episode for you all, being that it's our 10th episode. Woo! We're going to focus today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Woo-hoo. Milestones. Um, today we're going to share stories about becoming moms.
2: Yes. So it was so interesting. I'm walk. I lived in Brooklyn at the time. I'm walking to the A train. And I'm just feeling all sorts of out of myself. I'm like, why do I feel this way? Previously, I had flown. And I'm the type of person that, like, I kick off the shoes or sneakers, cuddle up. Before they can even give um, safety instructions, I'm knocked out asleep, And I couldn't sleep on the airplane. This day that I remember, it was a Friday. I was going on the train to work. I got off the train. I was like, I'm going to stop at CVS, and I'm going to pick up a pregnancy test. I went into um what store did I go into a bed bath and beyond to use the the restroom cuz I was like I don't want to take this at work so I take it in bed <laughs> bath and beyond
0: <laughs> It's a little more the personal beyond, the
2: beyond part right like <laughs> thematic so <laughs> you know I what do I know about pregnancy tests and, and so then I actually wound up calling Mimi like trying to FaceTime her because I was like I need you to read this can you see this like I'm like what? I'm like is that it's light does it mean that I am is it not doesn't look fully look thick like like a, a plus sign and she's like yeah you're pregnant so I remember calling my son's dad who was like in the middle of teaching and like with his little kids because he was an elementary school teacher at the time and it became part of their morning meeting community circle it was just like that whole don't tell anyone until you're three months in was kind of like a little distorted um it was exciting news the way that I found out was really unconventional and after that I like wrote cards to certain people in my family and bought a, a one a onesie to just kind of like say, oh, this is what's happening. We're having a baby, so that's how. And then you know, follow up with doctors because of my age and other um, health issues. I was high risk, um, and we'll get into into that in a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, similar, similar finding out. It was more like things felt weird, but you know, I have. Um, the went to the doctor did the urine test at the office was told no went home met my new nephew down south came back and maybe five weeks later was like something is still off like this doesn't make sense took a test called oh let him know it was just more like such a prolonged process of questioning that it was like how do I feel about this? (laughs) Um, And like I've shared before, a lot of my markers in life have been, you know, had lived on my own, graduated college, was living with my partner. Um, But it still felt like, oh my goodness, I have to tell my parents that I'm going to be a parent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So while we were just like getting used to it, I was just like, okay, going to call my dad and, you know let me find a cute way to tell my mom and I really love how I told you know each of them but it definitely marked yet another rite of passage as a daughter and as a partner and then my own rite of passage becoming a mom
2: let's go back to the doctor telling you that you were not to the urine test. You were not pregnant. It just made me think of those episodes that I watched where people were like full
1: term pregnant and did not know.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. so how did you not know? <laughs> you no, I not know. know.
1: So the funny thing, my mom always tells me um something about like her being on some sort of contraception and that I came about. And I'm like, really, this is like. 37 years later, this cannot be the same
2: story. I'm like, <laughs> oh there you go, family history curse but it's actually the. Gift. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's also like just utter determination, right? So I when I when I see that in my little, I'm like, oh, utter determination, you're just gonna make things happen. <laughs>
0: And uh, my becoming mom story is uh, a lot different. Um, We became parents through adoption. Um, It was something that me and my husband were really passionate about. And a lot of people ask us, um, did you adopt because you were having a hard time um, conceiving? And absolutely not. We weren't trying (laughs) to conceive a little person at all because an infant really scared me. And infants with wobbly necks, I'm not a big fan of. You should be able to hold up your own neck. So the minute you come out, hold up your own neck. There's no need for wobbliness anymore. Um, But no, actually, we actually lived up in Northern Virginia area and started reading a lot about the foster care system and uh, a lot of the statistics of what happens with these children as they age out of the system. And it just put a huge burden on our hearts to do something. And so when we decided to move down to Charlotte area, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, we started networking with different churches and stuff and came across international um, hosting programs where you get to choose a child and you host them for two weeks, whether it's in the summer or in the winter time. And so me and my husband, we had just moved down to Charlotte and we wanted to do this hosting program and... We had 300 kids to choose from, and so we decided to choose separately. We would look at the kids on our own and choose whatever child. And so my husband gets back from work, and we both turn our computers around, and we have up exactly the same child (laughs) that we wanted to host. And so we start going through that whole process, and we're all excited, and he's going to spend Christmas with us, which is one of my favorite holidays and new years and we were going to get to show him this christian christmas because in ukraine they celebrate the orthodox christmas time which is in january so i was all excited and then they canceled the program and a month goes by and i cannot get this child out of my head or out of my heart and neither can my husband and one night i just roll over and i'm like don't you hear him don't you hear him speaking to us in Russian, like, to come get him? And he's like, yeah, I think he's our son, not just our host child. And so we began to fill out the paperwork for um, for uh, adoption, and we had to go through this home study. So we had to be approved to be parents, right? So we're going through and we're like, "Oh my gosh, I hope they don't call that person. I hope they don't ask us too many questions about those people." Yes, we're related, but not really anything alike, I swear. <laughs> we're fit to be parents at 26 years old. Um and so they come into your home, you know, and they interview you in your home. We're all nervous like filling out this paperwork and then one day Um, You know, after we submitted everything to agencies here in the U.S. and agencies in um, Ukraine, we get a letter in the mail and I begin to read the letter and I was so flabbergasted and overwhelmed and I couldn't really process it It was like just right in the middle of our workday. And I'm like, is this serious? They're inviting us to Ukraine to actually like start this process that we're actually going to become parents. Um, And uh, my husband actually videoed me reading the letter. So I might actually post that out there on our Instagram and share it with our torn family here. Um, But, thoroughly excited and it's kind of the same feeling when you read that pregnancy exam exam you're just not sure that it's actually right and you wish like for me at least because i was reading a letter i was like can i get another copy of this is there a number i can call to make sure this is not fake and it's real and i need to pack up my life and leave in two weeks um to go to ukraine so it was an exciting part of the story so how did you guys prep You know, once you found out you were going to have a little person coming and you went to the doctor and solidified it, how did you prep for like leaving work? How did you work that all out? (laughs) It's interesting
2: because because I was a high risk pregnancy, my prep felt different because I was given a date that I would have to go to the hospital and because I had a high risk pregnancy. My prep really felt like the whole journey of my pregnancy. I had to go to um, a diabetic clinic once a week on top of, like, my regular um, doctor's appointments to make sure that he was growing um, well. He also had to get, like, an EKG and, like, other exams to make sure that he was healthy. So for me... um, PrEP was a lot of going from taking a pill for my type two diabetes to taking insulin three times a day to having to check my sugar level six times a day from being the person that's like, I can't stand needles and I don't want to be pricked and poked and oh my goodness, how do people like self inflict and I think that I'm just going to go down if I have to like ever do this to like diligently and religiously um, around the clock, just eating really well and trying not to cheat and if I did cheat offsetting insulin it was really insane so for me a lot of that felt like the prep for um, my son to come into the world and you know daily prayer for him to be healthy because there's so many side effects um, diabetes can cause between like with the heart especially in little ones um, and then the prep for work was just about sharing with them this is my induction day and completing a maternity plan in the sense of who would take on my role what would that look like and that to me was like the easy part the more challenging part for me with prepping was trying to envision what induction would be because I grew up always seeing on television and in movies like what the breaking of water is like in like this more traditional pathway. Um, And someone who kind of doesn't really like being in the hospital and poked and prodded was like, I'm going to be induced. What is that going to be like? So it was just more like a lot of mental and heart preparation for what it would um, be like to have more of an untraditional um, pathway to to, to bringing a healthy baby boy into the world.
1: So interestingly enough even though at my doctor's office they originally didn't have a clue my very insightful high school student um did. I had one student in the spring say to me, "You're going to have a baby." And like I so dismissed the comment and I come back in September with a bump and she's like, "I told you." <laughs> and I was like, I'm glad you knew, and I didn't have a clue. Um, But working with children and going into that phase, I think makes it first so easy for other professionals to kind of, like, be excited for you. And um, most schools I've worked at, there's, like, this flow of, like, when people get married, when people have babies, you know, that there's, like, seven other people in the building going through one of those phases with you. Um, So it's exciting. I was really grateful That my school had a great um, leave plan in the sense of the number of weeks and how you used your personal time, um, how it was covered um, by the state financially and the the, the different supports. Um, One of the best plans that I've heard across all the other moms I know. Um, And so it was, I took a specific course load that we knew who it would kind of shift over to. Um, when I was out and there was like lots of collaboration so that was smooth Um, just you know a little surprise baby shower from staff in-house and you know I had a hashtag for my daughter before she was born and she has a onesie that was made by someone I worked with that says that Um, lots of excitement on that end and again the, the students from Helping move from one room to the other, there was a little cart I used to wheel around um Of course, some of them just wanted to hop on the elevator with me, but others were just like very excited um liked seeing sonogram pictures um, and all of that made the the kind of surprise of all this phase like a lot smoother, a lot smoother for me.
0: yeah, I definitely experienced the same thing with the support. Um, from a whole bunch of different angles being that we were adopting which was kind of new for our families and we were adopting the first grandchild on both sides there was tons of support there tons of um, books given from friends that had adopted previously and had adopted specifically from ukraine so like learning about the ukrainian culture learning what it meant to adopt a child and what to expect and all those things with the transition but and then at the same time we were just completing our first year of moving into our new home and so it was really exciting to decorate uh, my son's room and like the i guess my dad's handyman qualities passed (laughs) down and we built his dresser and we were painting it and like painting his room and decorating his room putting together his bed and just all the excitement of going to the store And buying clothes for him because we knew that he wasn't going to come with anything. So, um, And then buying the stuffed animals and preparing what we were actually going to take with us to Ukraine versus what we were going to leave behind to give to him when he got here um, and all that preparation. And then everything was like learning as you go um, because I worked for such a small company that I was the first person to ever go through an adoption process. So they didn't really have short-term disability or any type of parental leave for adoption. And so we were writing policies as I was bringing up (laughs) items and they were super helpful though. Um, and super supportive about it. And even the client that I was supporting at the time and working for, um, was a hundred percent on board and even allowed me to work overseas. Um, I remember, when it was all said and done, I remember a coworker specifically saying, you were where on those conference calls? Like, I didn't even know you weren't in the country. I was like, oh yeah, I only had like 500 tithers going and um, internet cards <laughs> to make, to yeah. ma- yay BlackBerry. Um, <laughs> you know, to make it all happen. But I- and that support was huge. I think that is one of the best things to have when you're prepping to bring home a child in any shape or form is support, whether it's from your coworkers and who you're working with, or your spouse or your partner, and then your extended family. It, it makes the transition a whole lot easier. So, how did you guys respond to that first encounter with your child? How did you get there? And then, was it everything you thought it would be, or so much more? I thank
2: goodness that I took classes, like I took a, I did the hospital tour, the birthing class, um, the breastfeeding class, because like I said, when I can't imagine something, I go to panic, and I felt like I was able to really um, be serene throughout the induction and the process, because I knew that. I didn't care if I was like, I need an epidural. Just give me something. <laughs> I didn't care like if I had that moment, but I knew that I wanted to like have a vaginal birth. And everyone, the advice that I kept getting is like, you have to remain calm. You have to remain calm. And I'm just really kind of not that person. So
0: <laughs> the you can't remain <laughs> calm when you're in extreme pain, really.
2: <laughs> so um, the the birthing classes were really helpful in the sense of like what to possibly if expect or like, you know, option A through Z. And so I was able to remain calm. He didn't descend right away. I had to get my water broken. And then after that, like I thought I was like on the stability ball. Like, hey, look at me taking these contractions. What? <laughs> Why? As soon as they broke my water, I was like, um <laughs> ah! ah! I need drawers now! Somebody, please, before I miss the mark, whatever mark everyone talks about. <laughs> and they were like, you have to curl up like a cat. I was like, what? They were like, well, if you don't do this, you're not getting these I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> it was so crazy. And they were like, all right. They were just like, press it whenever you feel the pain, but like, try to sleep. And I just remember what everyone told me. They were like, don't overpress. You need to be able to feel your legs. So <laughs> I just kept like, I was a mess. I was like, I get wiggled, but I was calm. I get wiggling my, my toes and my legs. I was like, all right, I can feel. Because you really don't know what the push is until they're like, they come in, like they did with me. And they're like, okay, you got to really push now. And I was like, all right, cool. Didn't expect to be pushing for an hour and a half. But <laughs> I- <laughs> so I pushed for like an hour and a half. Everyone's looking at me. It, like every twenty minutes or so, and they're like, "Great job, good job," but it felt so fake. It felt like, "What are they not telling me?" And so it was the descending. Like he was not naturally descending, and they really needed me to push harder, but they didn't want to like freak me out and panic me. But yeah, it's so crazy because it's like, just imagine people applauding you, saying like, "Yeah!" And their face, like <laughs> in their eyes, it's really like, "She's not pushing." <laughs> she
0: there's no progress. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I like kind of felt it the whole time. I was just like was rolling with it. Like, oh, my doctor would at least tell me because my personal DYN was delivering my child. Um but then I I realized when like my mom and my son's dad got like really close to my face, kind of like in the movies when they're like wiping the sweat from your brow <laughs> and they're like <laughs> we really, really need to. (laughs) It's like, what do you think I've been doing this entire time? (laughs) And then then something in my heart was just like, all right. And I channeled every like resilient, strong woman that I know, and I just was like, okay, I'm going to do some whole other level of pushing right now. And all I remember, because I couldn't see anything, was just there was this, like, quick hands and urgency. And I later learned that his umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. My doctor had to, like, go in, grab him, scoop him out, cut the umbilical cord from around his neck, bring him out. And he didn't cry. You know how they do, like, yeah. it's a scale. I forget what that's called. Um, so as soon as he came out, he didn't do that. And everyone else in the room was, like, alerted by it. I think I forgot that that was even
0: supposed to happen. It was just like (laughs) the baby's out. Yeah, yeah. You no longer had the movie picture in your mind where the baby comes out like (laughs) looks like he's six months old and nice and clean. Yeah, no.
2: And then they like quickly just take him from me and they do whatever they need to do, and then
0: you hear him cry. Oh. Did, um, they, no, did no, they, he, they slap his bottom or something? You know, because in the movies, when the baby doesn't cry like that, they like slap it or <laughs> something. I don't know what.
2: They, I know they were like cleaning out mouth. They like they probably slapped it. They did all <laughs> once they did all of that. They brought him back to yeah. me and put him on me while I was getting like stitches. I was getting <laughs> but that was prob that was such a sweet moment. Like okay. You're all you're all good. You look slightly blue, but they're telling me that, you know, you're healthy enough to come get this cloth The golden milk. Let's do it. Like and, and from that moment he has never wanted to leave my arms. Nap time, like he it is just so true to who he is. As, as a baby and a child everyone else's baby that day was like cleaned up moms were resting the babies were in the little nursery area they came to me and they were like we don't usually do this but he's like really fussing waking up the other
0: babies. <laughs> <laughs> he's we, starting he really a riot mom,
2: yeah, he really wants to be with his mama and from that night <laughs> that's just been my little MJ <laughs>
0: oh man memes how was your first encounter um
1: all of it started swirling in my head before getting to the hospital and I was like saying things to myself like I paid attention in bio I know my anatomy (laughs) why is it that I'm here actually like having contractions for 48 hours and yet I'm laying here and I don't know if I'm dilating I have no idea what my cervix is doing right now but why is this the moment that I've had these questions why did I not have these questions four months ago where I could ask like hey at that moment when I'm at home and I don't know how my body's progressing what am I supposed to be doing because I had just met my doula who I had been in touch with had been out of the country and we had just met that week and she had got told me to get the exercise ball and to roll around and and honestly we had trouble getting the ball inflated and then we finally did that night and I rolled around on it probably 25 minutes and somewhere in the middle of the night there was this I felt it. I don't know if it's like the echo in your body or you give a sound to it, but I felt it It leaked on my leg. I got up. I told I was like, oh, it's time I get up. My mom had been staying with us. And the funniest moment for me at this point, like to to kind of take my mind off the pain was that I could see every intention in my mother's face. To, like, take an entire shower and
0: get ready to leave the house. <laughs> yes. oh, Over prepared. Like, Over prepared. I
1: love you. <laughs> and this is why I chose you to be here. But you are not taking a shower right now. We are throwing on clothes and leaving.
0: <laughs> Did she know there was going to be a video camera and, you know, pictures <laughs> being taken at this scene? <laughs> Hold so gotta do my hair
1: we get into the car and she's doing her awesome driving because i was like nope your mom can handle it so she's doing the driving and he's like coaching like how you doing babe and checking on me and i'm like sending messages to people but the pa- <laughs> like as the pain is intensifying i was like oh no that water did not need to break it could have stayed exactly where it was um get to the hospital and i really do believe if if in a like we compare so much to films if i could find the child that i scarred that evening there was one little girl in the waiting room (laughs) i'm bent over my face i'm like i can't deal and i know she will remember me for the rest of her life
0: and probably never have children exactly so
1: maybe i did adoption all the way i was about
0: to say hey somebody. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, without even knowing yeah. it i set her on the right path from that <laughs> moment on get inside and it's like oh you're you know whatever they were measuring at that point was like we can't give you anything right now and they they mentioned two drugs i can't even tell you the names of the drugs but i was like is that going to do any harm to the baby like can we do that now <laughs> and <Orn> just <laughs> looking at me like wow okay you wanted to see how this was gonna go, and you've just jumped ship, and you're like, "Give me anything."
0: Mm-hmm. Abort plan. Abort <laughs> plan. <laughs>
1: Especially since, like, I had not been so tied to it. Like, it was only a few days. So, like, between speaking to my doula, getting on that ball, the water breaking, having all those thoughts. Like, I had literally. Um, sent a message to Athena and to my doula at two in the morning and was like, why are these two heifers not answering
0: me? I'm sleeping. I'm like,
1: all the other times I have questions at random points that are not important, they've answered me. And right now, when I'm like at high alert, no one has any answers to calm me down. Um, so we finally get into a room. I get to the amount of dilation that they are going to do, the epidural. And Because we we arrived probably at like three thirty in the morning, but I didn't I know I didn't get my first yes, hear it. First epidural until like (laughs) seven thirty in the morning. So I don't even know how I made it to that point. Oh, I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Um I know that my my dad appeared, oh look very pale and very nervous and they're all at my bedside and they're like updating everybody and I'm like if you guys do not stop texting it's gonna get ugly in here <laughs> like I need you to be present with me you're here be present but oh, we're just giving up we're like, your sister's on her way and I'm like I don't care I don't want to see a telephone like I don't want to see a telephone <laughs> finally they get everyone out the woman's putting in my epidural. It's all the like, tell me if you taste metal. And I was, and it's like, no, I just want this to go quickly because this is the scariest prep. Like you get a shot, you get medicine, you go in for a procedure, no one scares you. But an epidural, everything they can possibly say to you about how it can change your life forever is very clear in your mind. And you're like, no, nope, I'm with you. I'm still, I'm paying. Nope, I don't taste anything. <laughs> We're good start mm-hmm. pressing the button and while mama t was being very cautious with her drug intake i was just like pressing before i could <laughs> press again i had o on it i'm like what are you doing over there and you're the one that taught me that much. you told me <laughs> you're like you like
0: don't overdo it then, um, i didn't um, even know you had a button like for none yeah. of mine for none of mine had i pressed the button like oh. i didn't i didn't have a button no they did you wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: So all of a sudden I'm noticing like I still feel pain and I'm like for everything everyone talks about this being like the cop out and you took the drugs and whatever (laughs) I'm like why do I still feel this I'm supposed to be taking the easy street like why do I feel and I'm like numb on one leg but the other but my my abdomen and my uterus I could feel everything yeah and they
0: come in and they're like are you sure it's pain and not just pressure (laughs) But you can't. I'm like, if you <laughs> guys don't get out yeah. of my
1: face. But the thing is, they have been in my face checking so's heart rate and in and out and the things on the belly, and they couldn't keep track and all of this. So they end up getting everyone out again to do a check. And then I don't even know what this procedure is called, but they ended up having to put the monitor on her head. So what I felt was like they skewered me to <laughs> get a, a apparatus up in there and on her head to monitor her was the most scarring and atrocious procedure I've ever had done and this is even after having her Um, because they were not sympathetic to me they were not listening that the epidural wasn't working they just couldn't keep track of her heart rate and that was like the that that was what was on their radar so finally they start monitoring her and then they register what I'm saying like the medicines not work. Oh, in all of this of flipping you around and checking you and checking her and skewering you, we must have made the needle come out. I'm like, what?
0: Oh, You're gonna wow. have to get
1: someone else in here to get another <laughs> epidural in. And my contractions are exactly 30 seconds on top of each other. Okay, great. I can sit still and make sure I don't get paralyzed to make sure this pain stops right now. I don't remember the nurse. I'm pretty sure I fractured a finger or something on her as I was like squeezing her hand while they did the second epidural. They still couldn't, um, they weren't satisfied with the results they were seeing of, of stuff. So it was like, I think we're going to have to take you in for a C-section. So literally I'm like repeating my favorite meditation in my head as they, because everyone calmed down after the second epidural and went for coffee and took a little <laughs> strolls and all of a sudden the, they like charge in and Ebony, wherever you are, girlfriend, I will never forget your name because you were just an excited um, medical, um, what, what was she in, in training? Like what is, um, a resident um, who came in and told me she had to take me in because they were going to do a C-section. And I'm like, you are way too excited. <laughs> way too excited about this surgery girlfriend and i'm just saying my meditation in my head and they take me into the or and i'm hearing all the beeping and everything and i'm like no this is not gonna happen this is not gonna happen and so eventually after 30 minutes of monitoring and that they did have a good read um uh you know like um Funny enough, it was when I was in the room by myself away from everyone else with their telephones and their updates and their questions and their be strong. <laughs> and um, that's when they get their accurate reads. They take me back to my room. And I was like, okay, we're going to go from here to like dilating. I got within an inch of where i was supposed to be dilated when the doctor's like, no, for her safety, for your safety, I think we are going to take you back in there. So again, um, rush me in, they're changing. Oh, has to get into his um, outfit. There was a little bit of a delay because again, they were always catching us when someone was like thinking everything was stable and like grabbing a cup of coffee so he's he's coming
0: in and I'm already gotta have gotta have some sympathy let's recap again you got in there at 3 a.m. no exactly (laughs) but I just find it interesting that they catch you well they always catch you with your pants down because
1: who's there to really defend you you're the one in pain then there's no one around all of a sudden it's like oh drastic change of plans we're taking you in for surgery and so he comes in with his gown on when I'm already like open on the table and of course, it's after that I'm like, "You saw my guts, like you saw, like an early yeah, really? like Grey's Anatomy episode inside." And he's like, "Yeah, babe." It yeah. sounded like Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> and mm-hmm. i was like, and... was never aired. This needs to be an episode." At this point, <laughs> is where I'm just devastated because all I wanted was my skin to skin as soon as she was born. Like mm-hmm. I was like, "I will take the." the body tearing, feeling like 180 bones are broken process of giving birth to this child for me to like have her right away. Because I knew that with um, C-sections, you had a delay. Um, And I am not shy in saying that I'm a wimp and was not ready for any of this pain. And was like, okay, but I'm going to go through it. And then we're going to have our moment. And so I just kept nagging. I was shaking from the <laughs> I was shaking from the anesthesia, but it was like, "Is she out? Is she okay? Did you check her? Um, see when they can bring her to me. Just see when they can bring her to me like I'm so open on a table worrying about like when am I going to meet her? When am I going to meet her um, Of course, as is usually the case, I come out they're putting me in recovery, and the first person who gets to hold my child is my father because <laughs> Why would he, like, not cut the line and take her before (laughs) me? (laughs) Um, So they had, like, wrapped her in a blanket. And I do think it was a little delayed, but I don't think it was as delayed if I had not been as obnoxious. And then I got to whisper to her my favorite meditation, which was the thing that got me through. Be bold, rooted in the knowledge that you are as mighty as the universe itself full of love joy and power you are stardust a bright golden light and all good things of this lifetime are indeed your divine destiny and when that meditation gave me peace knowing I was having her I believed it was going to give my Sophie peace and what she brought to the world
0: it's beautiful Mm mm-hmm that's absolutely beautiful. And your first encounter with your child, it I don't know, there's no words to really describe it. We try to explain as much as we can, but you really can't. Because I remember, and I still remember this day, I could still <laughs> smell the the dew rising off the ground in Ukraine when we got into the taxi and we were driving. And I looked to Steve, I said... We're going to meet him for the first time. We're driving over to the hospital because that's where he was. He, um, he was in the hospital at the time that we met him. I was like, Steve, I'm going to be the first curly head brown person this child has ever seen. I don't think he's going to like me. <laughs> I'm like, he's not going to want to touch me. He's going to think I'm so weird. Um, and and we were young, you know, he was eight years old already and we were here 26. And, and Steve's like, ah, oh, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then Michael Jackson's, remember the time we first met, starts playing on the radio as we're about to get out. I was like, oh, this is our song. This is awesome. <laughs> and so we walk up the steps, and it felt like forever to get to that fourth floor. But I still remember the smell of paint. I remember hearing the door creak, and I see this little blonde boy running, who supposedly has bronchitis, running full steam ahead and just bangs right into me and gives me the biggest hug ever and they start translating for us and he's like mama I knew you were coming (laughs) and for everyone that knows me personally touch is not my favorite (laughs) hugs make me very uncomfortable but for the first time in my life I hugged someone and received a hug from someone that actually melted me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I I had never experienced that before. I was like, oh, you truly must be my son. Like, mm-hmm. now it makes sense why I heard you in the middle of the night. Why I mm-hmm. was okay to pack up my life. Not knowing whether or not I was going to walk away from my job. Or keep my job. Or what was going to happen with my life. And get on a plane. And go to a country that I don't speak the language. Um, and actually never really, like had a passion for you know um and lived there for two months for that exact moment and it all made sense in that hug and in that embrace and then he just sat on my lap for the rest of the day and we colored I never have colored an entire coloring book in one day but we did it <laughs> and, and, and used crayons and Um, And even though there was that, we had a language barrier because he spoke Ukrainian and Russian and we spoke English, you know, then again, thank you technology and the internet and Google translator. Um, Just even in the silence, we felt comfortable with one another.
1: Which was another
0: thing. Like, I don't do well with science, silence. Like, I was telling you guys, like those five second gaps where no one's saying anything on the phone. I feel like I have to fill it in and say something. <laughs> um, like, oh, I don't know what they're thinking. But I was able to sit with him for hours. Me and Steve would just sit with him in silence. And we didn't feel like we had to say anything. Um, and we would just play games or just color, but that that time of just being together finally, you know, besides the paperwork, like finally getting to see his face in person and hug his little body and hear his voice live, you know, Um, there's no words to describe it. And even today when I see the pictures of us being in Ukraine in that that moment, because I took pictures and blogged the entire journey to Ukraine, um, I can still hear it, smell it, taste it, feel it. And, and your first encounter with a kid, I think every mom, for the most part, if you're conscious during it, <laughs> experiences that. And it's the one thing that you'll never forget. Like you'll forget the pain, it's true. Okay. It, it, eventually you get there, decades will pass and that pain will be forgotten. But that first encounter with your child, whatever you went through to get there, um, and whatever happens after quickly afterwards, it kind of gets fuzzy, but that exact minute second, um, of that first embrace that first, um, you know, skin to skin or hug, um, locking of eyes is unforgettable. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to hearing from all of you as well about your mamahood journey and your first encounter with your children. Um, So please do share and meme if you want to give them how to get in contact with us. So we are tornmlb
1: at gmail.com for emails. We would love to hear any of your torn moments um, and your men's and You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook also at TornMLD. For moms,
2: bye moms. We hope you enjoyed our special 10th episode. Thank you for listening.